It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Atlanta Film Chat, episode 61. This is Chuck with your two-minute intro. Hope you had a good 4th of July weekend and enjoyed watching the U.S. women's national team rightfully take the World Cup trophy home. If you've seen the movie VHS or been to the Atlanta Film Festival the past couple years, you know the actress Hannah Fearman. She was in the segment Amateur Night in VHS and scared the bejesus out of everyone. And now she's on Atlanta Film Chat talking about her career and getting recognized in public and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. She was a lot of fun to talk to and also thanks to Sam Carter who was our guest host for this episode while Molly was still out. Some quick announcements. The next Eat, Drink, and Be Indie event is at Manuel's Tavern on July 21st at 7.30 p.m. It's about screenwriting, so make sure to check that out. Film Bar Mondays tonight, July 6th, when this episode goes up. It's at The Independent. Then next week, on the 13th, it's at Joystick Game Bar. And there's also Film Bar Wednesday, this Wednesday, July 8th, at Johnny McCracken's, and that's in Marietta. If you want to come on the show, email us at atlfilmchat at gmail.com, especially, especially if your film is going to be at the Dragon Con Film Festival. If you find out, email us at atlfilmchat at gmail.com. But also, if you have a project or you're, you just work in the industry here in any capacity, email us. If you want to support the podcast, there's two great ways. First, you can go to atlantascreenwriter.com. It's my website, mollycoffeeart.com. That's Molly's website. And you can hire us. Lastly, there's our Amazon affiliate. If you go to cinemaatl.com, where you can find the other episodes of Atlanta Film Chat, you can click on the Amazon link that's in the story about this episode. And then you shop and we get percentage. And that's about it. So here is Hannah Fearman. I like you. All right, so episode three at Bean Dip Productions. Pretty excited, and I'm also very excited that we have our first official guest host, Sam Carter, here. Thank you for having me, Chuck. It's uh, it's great to be be back and in the host chair this time. Yeah, you were you're asking what you were supposed to do, and uh, I'm pretty sure I gave you some 
some great instructions is then you just talk and then we stop talking. <laughs> I think I can do that. I'm, I'll try. I, can, I think I can manage this. You did a great job as a, as a guest. You, yeah. you definitely talked. I listened to that one. Yeah, yeah. You got a voice for it. Oh, yes. me? Yes. No. Come now. A voice, <laughs> a voice for talking. Like uh, I have a face for radio. I, I was going to say, yeah, a voice and a, and a face to match for radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, our guest is Hannah Fearman. Hi. Who also I've been talking to about guest hosting. But then I realized, hey, Hannah has not been on the show as a guest yet, so we needed to change that. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous that we've been <laughs> doing the thing for over a year, and uh, <laughs> you were in Pepper's place. You were Pepper. Yeah. You know, you were Pepper. Um, still are. Still am. Really. <laughs> Forever. Um, Forever. Peppa. <laughs> Um, and actually, to start off with, I have, which is the best way to start off with, is with an embarrassing story. And then I actually told this on um, Brett Wood's podcast that was lost to space and time. Like, we had 30 minutes just vanish. Oh, God. Which, oh. Is, which is awful. But I told the story then, was that uh, I, <laughs> uh, after the screening at, of The Unwanted at Atlanta Film Festival, we were in the bar. What's the bar next to Atlanta? The Righteous yeah. Room. The Righteous Room. Um and I was going to introduce Hannah to a, a buddy of mine who's a big fan of yours from VHS. And uh, I was like, yeah, she was just in Pepper's Place with us. And, and uh, yeah, she I'm, I'm pretty sure she remembers me. And, um, and it, it was kind of dark, to your defense. And I said, hey, Hannah. He said, hi. And, and ran off to the back. And I was like, so there's Hannah Fearman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I'm sure I did not snub you. I'm sure you didn't even I see me. I thought you were probably just saying hey and passing. Yeah, and and also I was told, I was telling him later. And the and the reason I brought it up on Brett Woods' podcast was um, episode was people. You probably get people like that in public a lot, like yeah. from VHS being a. I mean, it went nationwide. It was yeah. everywhere. So I'm, I'm sure. It went, yeah, it was that international. Yeah, yeah, international. Yeah. So I'm sure you and other actors that are faces that people recognize get that where you're at Kroger or something. It's like, hey, you're a girl on TV or whatever, you know. And Kroger, just like, actually, Kroger and Trader Joe's, oddly enough, all the time. All the time? All the time. It's just like, excuse me, ma'am, and I move over. Excuse me, ma'am. And I move over. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. And I'm like, so what? I'm not in your way. And they're like, oh, oh, no. I mean, uh, were, were you a, a succubus? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, hi. You know. do, do you get a lot of, like, very creepy guys that come up and go, I like you? Do you get, yes. like, does that get quoted well, real lines at you? Yes. Oh, everybody God. tells me they like me. But I, th- I, th- I, th- I, th- I th- it's nice. It's nice. <clears throat> It's it's a lot better than having my my line be you know I hate you or or you're ugly or you suck and, and then everybody come up to me and be like I'm so clever you suck because that would probably take a toll on one's self esteem eventually yeah sure. yeah so everybody likes me <laughs> awesome yeah I was wondering about that how I mean I was asking uh, William Tukarski from Too Many Cooks about you know he's the killer from that and, oh, I'm sh- yeah. and I thought that he would just get people all the time like hey take a picture of me you killing me or whatever and he said not really. I See, I would totally do that. If I was I saw completely him in surprised, which is funny because yeah. he said people in the industry are the ones that do that. Yeah, so. that would be <laughs> like, yeah, I, I would absolutely go yeah. there. Like, here, take this knife and pretend you're cutting me open. I think I'd probably be a bit scared of him. Although after watching too many cooks, I friended him on Facebook. Oh yeah, <laughs> this guy. I want to work with that dude. He's got such a great look and just yeah, yeah he's so awesome looking. Oh yeah, he, he does. He really does. Yeah, he's, he was a lot of fun. And yeah, he said he's getting a lot of offers for short films and. Um, 
nothing too big, which is kind of surprising. And hmm. um, I don't know how that. I guess that's my first real question. What What was life like for you when VHS hit international? Did Did things suddenly change where you got tons of offers or? Yeah, yeah, lots. People started writing roles for me. I had a I had a TV show called Toast of London write a role for me and fly me to England. Um, That's you know, right. just, it's been great. But also from other, other work too. Um, I think that they see VHS, find an interest, and then see my other work and offer roles that are entirely different from, um, Lily, the role I played in VHS, so. Well, that's good, because, yeah, yeah that, that kind of, the screen queen uh, archetype, that's one of those things that you see a lot of actresses once you've been a screen queen, once you've kind of made it in a horror movie that you, you see yeah, them a lot more. Like and that's, yeah, that becomes their whole career. So yeah, that's I, great. I, that I that didn't scream, really. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other people did, so it still counts. Yeah. Joe Sykes was the screen queen. Like, that's yeah. what. He <laughs> <laughs> was amazing. Uh, Joe's awesome. Um, yeah, but uh, I think, gosh, I think The Strangest Place. Well, sometimes when people recognize me, um, like this one girl, I was in a dressing room and she came running up to me out of another dressing room and she was like, you, you, you're the monster. And I was just like, <laughs> I was just like what? What are you talking about? And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, I'm just kidding. I know what you're talking about. I am the monster. But <laughs> And then in a, in a steam room at a, a Korean spa the other day, which I guess makes sense why she recognized me because I, w- I wasn't wearing much in the movie. But we're all sitting around naked, a whole bunch of ladies, and this girl just comes out of the fog and she's just like, were you in VHS? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, then everybody in this steam room was just like asking me questions about my career and it was so surreal. It was hilarious. <laughs> anyway. Are you trying to get away from from that kind of role or do you embrace it? And just enjoy the fact that you're getting cast oh and things. Oh my god! I I mean, I had so much fun playing that role, and it's fun to play roles that you don't have to be pretty. You know, you can just be, yeah, yeah. Or be as outrageous as you want. And so, I just I'll t- I like all roles really, but I'm definitely not going to shy away from any monster, fun, succubus stuff in the future. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. The other- yeah, a couple episodes ago, uh, Carl Childers, he was saying that uh, he enjoys playing those kind of roles because um, it, it gives you a kind of freedom mm-hmm. um, to do things in your you can't do in your normal life. Mm-hmm. You know, just be cruel to people or something. <laughs> or, or just And get those feelings out, you know, like um, you can't normally just go around... Ripping people's balls off. Right, yeah. ripping people's balls off. This is rude. <laughs> no, I- curious like i've i've worked with you as a as a comedic actress and i think you're a very very talented comedic actress. do you do you have a preference towards more dramatic roles or more comedic roles do you like do you find one more challenging than the other no (laughs) (laughs) okay next question Uh, no i I love challenging i love the no that's not that's not what i was saying i didn't say that it's it's each each role is so and you know it's just each individual is so, so very different that you can't really say drama versus comedy, you know. Um, it just all depends on the character and the people you're working with, and and there's just so many factors that go into it. I think, I think I have, well, no, I, I generally, but not always, have more fun doing comedies, simply because everybody is 
everybody else is having a better time too, you know, and there's a lot of laughter. Like I remember on Good Grief, we were all losing our shit all the time because <laughs> I mean, we're surrounded by a whole bunch of amazing comedians cracking jokes all the time or like Pepper's Place had this really charming, lighthearted <clears throat> vibe. Yeah. You know, people hardly, you know, swore or made dirty jokes on it. It was just like, it was kind of like this really pristine bubble that we were in. And, um, I mean, people made jokes off color, you know, like mm, absurd jokes and whatnot. But it was, it was just a wonderful, fun, colorful vibe that is interesting how like the the script the story that you're telling sort of informs what's going on behind the camera like mm-hmm. if it's a more tense and you know mm-hmm. hard story to tell that yeah people tend to to get more more tense and Absolutely. and uh yeah that, that i've never actually thought about that but that is uh, kind of an interesting uh element to after filmmaking. after good grief i had to wash my mouth out with soap like, I really, I did. Because I got so used to talking like Lizzie, and everybody else around me was just so foul. And I would find myself saying these terrible things, just like naturally coming out of my mouth that were like, so not me. But, you know, um, yeah, so I had to, I had to. You have a, you had a safety net of profanity around you on that show. Because... <laughs> I had to be like, oops, I'm back in real world now. I'm not, I'm not on good grief set. I gotta, I gotta stop. I had that same experience <laughs> when I had a kid because I, oh, yeah, like, that's just how I talk normally. And then yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, oh, oh. she's listening. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Got to find new fake words for curse words. Like Mickey Ficky. And yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you figure it out once you repeated something back? Like, you know, I, like, I, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen to me, but the, the moment that made me stop doing, uh, stop saying things in front of her was uh, a friend of mine's son. He was on the changing table and he opened up this nuclear holocaust of a diaper. <laughs> yeah. And he, but before he could even stop himself, he's like, oh, fuck. And the kid starts going, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Oh, and so immediately he, he, he like thought on his toes and he was like, okay, fork, fork. We used a fork to eat lunch today. A fork, a fork. And he kept saying that until the kid switched it over to fork. And he was like, that was just too close a call. I got to monitor everything I say now. And I took that to heart and started doing the same thing. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Learn from others' mistakes. Indeed. Yeah, what you said about the tense vibe and stuff on sets. I remember the story about uh, Schindler's List where Spielberg brought uh, Robin Williams in just to tell jokes. Like, that was just to do that. You know, to to lighten because oh, I mean wow. it was just doom and gloom for weeks on weeks. Yeah, you can't time. do that, you know, like <laughs> yeah. for too long you're just gonna go crazy. So he just brought Robin Williams just to goof off and lighten everybody up yeah. a little bit. How great must yeah. it be to have that kind just of access? Like, hey, Robin. Till just yeah, Robin, Robin, what are you up to this weekend? Yeah, <laughs> that's great, man. I I really I I want him to do. I want a Robin Williams to read scripts with me, so do all the voices and everything. I really. <laughs> It'd be kind of hard to keep up, though, because, I mean... Yeah. Oh, yeah. It might be contagious, though, you know, the energy. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Well, I know that, like, I mean, the closest I know to a Robin Williams is George Fawnen. Mm-hmm. And he does he does make everyone around him up their game as far as, like, if you're telling stories and you're joking with George, <laughs> keep up, because he's not slowing down, so... He's not. He's, a, he's got a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah, he was on Pepper's Place as well. And he's come up a couple times on the podcast. We should really bring him on. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a good one to listen to. 
I actually regretted that there wasn't there weren't any scenes in Good Grief with you and George because I thought mm-hmm. that those two characters they have this, their own very interesting takes on sociopathic behavior. <laughs> it would have been interesting to see the two of them interact. But, yeah, uh, oh yeah, well. it's funny. I I worked with him several times, but I've never had lines to read with him. That's a shame. We got to do something about yeah. that. I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam mentions that you guys met. Back, or you know each other from since college mm-hmm. times? Oh yeah, yeah. What yeah. was that? What was the story behind that? Where'd you guys go? Well, I went to Mercer, and Sam was dating Emily Deloach, wife. his wife now. Um, and yeah, he was he was really just young looking dude. <laughs> Didn't have a beard. Yeah, yeah. and my my, uh, my older sister actually they all they all were in school together, so they uh, yeah. they all kind of hung out. So I think. We kind of met each other in, in passing, I think. I remember. It was at a party. I remember yeah. when I met you. Yeah. yeah. But then, uh, yeah, and then, you know, didn't didn't keep track until years later when I started, you know, bopping yeah. around the Atlanta film community. I was like, hey, yeah. that's, Anna, that's Hannah Fearman. I know her. I went to the audition, and you're like, <laughs> I know you. Like, I didn't recognize you, though. That's yeah. Well, I looked quite different. Big beard and probably like 50 pounds heavier from <laughs> the time before. Yeah. I, well, I... I think either Emily or Susan had mentioned that you were a filmmaker, so it all came together and made sense. Had you already started dabbling back then, or? Oh yeah, no, I was in film school. I was okay. at SCAD and in in film school. Um, and you know, I was down in Savannah and and Mercer's in Macon. And I, like she said, I was I was dating uh, one of her friends in college, so I was constantly going back and forth to to Macon. So, Ugh, God, so you drove on sixteen. Over and over and over. Yeah. That's, that's the worst. That's the the worst things drive. we do for love. Yeah. God, yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to Georgia Southern, so I know 16 very well, which is apparently a death trap right now. All those, <laughs> what's, what's with that, man? Is it deer? No, it's like there's been four or five like super deadly accidents outside, just outside of Savannah. Is 16. it people just falling asleep yeah, at the wheel? The, the first one was there was a bunch of nurses that uh, I think it was like 5 a.m. and they're going somewhere or something. Mm. A, a trucker. Fell asleep oh or something, but then there's been like three or four since. Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't, it's a haunted highway now, I guess. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Jesus. Um, so how did you, how did you first get into acting, Anna? Well, I did my first live performance, um, on stage when I was three. Yeah? Yeah. And I just really didn't stop. I loved it. Um, when I was a kid, I would write plays for me and my friends and the other kids on the street. And, um, and we would act them out for our parents. And nice. even really before I could write, it was just sort of like, you say this, remember that. Okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just never stopped. I loved it. I just, I, I still love it. And it's just, it's what I've always wanted to do. That's, that's, that's good that, I mean, you figured out that early. Yeah. You know, most people don't even figure out until after they're dead. <laughs> and then they go on their deathbed. I should have done this, but uh, I mean, immediately seeing something and then going for it—it's a gift, really. Yeah, I'm. I yeah, I've, I've always known what I wanted to do. But you've also—I mean, you've, you've also, for as long as I've known, you've also been a painter and you've had other artistic outlets. Um, I actually—I just discovered that your mm-hmm. artwork is—is is, uh, you can rent it to put in yeah. the backgrounds of your movies. It's, it's legal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's legally cleared artwork for films, which yeah. I thought was amazing. It's really cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope some of them get rented. Yeah. Well, I will. I will pass your name around to any decorators that I run into to to you know. I feel like I need stuff. to paint some more really boring, mundane crap, um, so that <laughs> so that it won't be 
too distracting in the scenes, you know? Like yeah. stuff that, you know, goes in a hotel or whatever. Just minimalist kind of throw yeah. paint. Yeah, yeah, just some, some See, Pollock like rip-offs, that kind odd. of stuff. Yeah. How did, how did you come to discover that, that uh, rental thing that you... Um, Jessica Sanchez told me that um, that's what they were doing and they were looking for artists. And so I reached out to them. That's really nice. There's so many services like that you just don't you don't really think about in film, you know. Like somebody's got to do blank. Somebody has to do this other yeah. thing, or like. Well, it's kind of the great thing about being in Atlanta right now. It's the gold rush. Like mm. if you if you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you somehow have access to a bunch of hospital equipment, there are a bunch of shows that can use that. Yeah. You know, like if like yeah. there's just opportunities all over the place if you're industrious. Yep. You know? yep. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything you discovered like that on uh, Good Grief? Oh, um, God, I, I didn't know what I was doing on Good Grief. I discovered a lot of it as a result of, of the experience of Good Grief. I was like, oh, God, if we could have done this over, we would have all these, all these resources at our, at our feet, or at our, at our fingertips. Well, I think you did a great job. Ah, oh, shucks. I do. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I had great talent to work with. <laughs> Saying. <laughs> What's what's going on with Good Grief right now? Is it still? Uh... Oh, um, well, we're we're doing our festival uh, circuit. We've uh, we've been accepted into a few. We've wanted a few, and uh, yeah, we uh, we had a big weekend at the Marietta Film Festival. We we swept right. the awards. So. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and we're seeking distribution, and that's that's about it. You know, that it's finally on the the tail slope of my responsibilities to it. I delivered it. The producers are doing things with it now, and I can step back and start focusing my attention on other projects. Finally. Yes. Yeah. So. Did you want to talk about your next project? Well, it's this is this is your you know your I, thing. The I, I, I was wondering like, <laughs> if, if you wanted to talk about maybe, it or not. Maybe Hannah has a a, a role in there. Maybe uh, you could fit her in there somewhere. Um, I'm not a puppeteer. Oh. <laughs> the the project I'm working on now, we've got a uh, uh, we, we 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 got financing from Handmade Puppet Dreams, Ibex Puppetry, which is uh, Heather Henson, Jim Henson's daughter, and a producer named Sam Koji Hale. And uh, they are financing a, a new puppet order project that is tentatively called The Woods. Uh, it'll be our biggest project to date. Very I've exciting. seen I've seen some of the artwork for it. It's really cool. I'm really excited about yeah. it. Yeah, so it's gonna be good. But that's that's it. That's my plug for the the show. <laughs> yeah, we might have you uh, you and the other NPO guys back on. At some point I'm talk about sure it. I could wrangle those hooligans into a studio. And do that. <laughs> Well, being a, you mentioned you're a, you were writing and stuff since you were three, making plays. Uh, does that help you choose? Well, I wasn't writing when I was three. Well, well you know. You <laughs> but pre- I did my first acting thing when I was three. Yeah. On stage. Well, since you are a kid and stuff. Um, yeah. Well, d- does that, doing that also, does that help you pick projects where you know good writing? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just so much easier. You know good writing when you read it because it's just easy. It's just easy to remember. It's mm, it's yeah. easy to know. You know that it pops off the page. It's just like it's night and day. It really is. I I could I could write a book on picking out sides for actors to read for roles, because you know sometimes you get the script and it's just like ah I get nothing here. You know <laughs> you got to invent it and you got to be extra inventive and and you might be going in the wrong direction for all you know because you don't have the entire script in front of you. Um, but then you get some good sides that are juicy and well thought out, and maybe a little direction in there, and it's just like night and day. Yeah. yeah. What's uh, what's the competition then stepping up 
been like recently with all these people coming in from uh, apparently now that we're going to get an influx of people from Louisiana because of the yeah. tax, whatever. Um, have yeah, you noticed? That's a shame for Louisiana. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney and ABC, uh, they just pretty much canceled everything. And, yeah. and we're probably going to have a bunch of people rushing in and saying, help, we need work. Um, we're also probably going to get more shows on top of that. Yeah, 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 yeah which exactly. Is good. Which, is, which is fantastic, except for if they're filming in your neighborhood, and then that sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you're like, yo, you bastards. People are excited to see us for the first time and for those first day or two, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, you guys are awful. Go this is away. This is like having a circus in my front yard, and it's not nearly as fun as that sounds. Stop peeing in my bushes. Fuck. <laughs> oh, can we cuss on here? We can. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh. Um... Wait, but what was the question again? <laughs> uh, competition. Oh, uh, competition. Yeah, have you have you seen it uh, step up in the past couple of years with just you no. know, Marvel and all these on this? I haven't. No, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, it's because everything's taped now. Almost there's very yeah. few live auditions. You know, so you you have a good tape. You have uh, your good representation pushing for you, and and you're basically on the same playing field as anybody else. Um, for the first round, you know, for the callbacks, obviously most of the time they're in real life and you have to get to wherever they're, they're doing the callback, but no, I, I haven't found it to, to be bothersome at all. Um, and you know, I mean, I can't stop them from coming to Atlanta, but I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I would, you know, because, uh, I don't know. It's just so individual really. Yeah, and ultimately the best person you hope gets the job. And yeah, you, and you, want you want to, to see continue good to be art. the best yeah, person. And, yeah, and so if if you do find that that's that this other guy who looks just like you is taking all your roles, maybe maybe up your game, you know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe work a little harder. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. Change your look. <laughs> <laughs> Change everything about yourself, and then no, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> No, I, yeah, running the Atlanta Film Chat uh, Twitter, I see, I've started to see people um, will say, I'm trying to be an actress or actor, I'm going to go to Atlanta instead of, you know, LA. Like they're living in South Georgia or North mm-hmm. Florida or something. That's, I've just started to see people really? say that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I'm ready to go to Atlanta. Like normally it would be like, well, I'm going to fly to the big city. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're going to go to the big city and they're, they're coming here. <laughs> they're not going all the way out to LA. Like, oh, there's an. There's a, there's a there's a step in between. I have I have friends who've moved out to uh, to Los Angeles or moved out there years ago, and they they hear about like some of the projects that we're getting and that we're able to work on and all this stuff. And you just hear they're like, "What the hell am I doing? <laughs> paying three thousand dollars a month in rent yeah. to live in L.A." Well, which... actually, that's why I moved back from from New York. I read that the tax incentives were going to kick in soon, and I was like, "What? I can be near my family," mm-hmm. and. And still work just as much, so I moved back, and um, and it's been great. Knock on wood. And um, yeah, yeah, I think that unfortunately, and fortunately, I guess, um, because I was successful in New York as an actor, when I moved back, um, people looked at me differently um, because I was an actor in Atlanta before that, obviously. And I think it sort of gave me some clout, which I found a bit irritating, even though it worked for my, in my in my advantage, um, because I was just as good of an actor. I mean, not, not to say that I didn't grow as an actor those five years that I was in New York, but I was a good actor, and I was from Atlanta, 
And I was living in Atlanta, and if I hadn't left and come back, people might still be seeing me as as not as uh, good of an actor, which is rubbish. They gave you a pedigree that doesn't yeah. really mean, mean anything. much. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, I keep my L.A. phone number because, you know, it's just oh, like, okay. that's just the yeah. phone number, guys. But it, it unfortunately, it does hold weight with a lot of people. Um, so, I, mm. but, but I... Yeah, I kind of knew that going out and coming back, but it's just it's just a shame that it kind of works that way. And, and it's like that across the board. It's, it's like that in, in all departments because, you know, we'll, we've got... Oh, it really is. Absolutely. We've got plenty of very... Uh, With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Able and, and, and qualified people here that can you know run art departments, that can mm. run other departments, and almost... Always, you get department heads from Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and you get everyone you know hired locally. Are their underlings? Yeah. So uh, it's it's unfortunate, it really is. Yeah, you know, it is. but at hope, do you do you think that that that's a tide that's going to turn soon? Do you think that absolutely the, the more the longer we have a film industry here, the hopefully the more that'll I think so. Change? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely do. And you know, like you said, people are moving here from those places. So eventually it's just going to become kind of homogenized and we're not going to know who from who. So is mm. homogenized the right word? Sure. Yeah, yeah we'll go with homogenized. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds right. Sure. Um, plus the, I think the, the sprawl, uh, because Atlanta is already a spread out city, kind of pretty much like LA is, like where, you know, there's a, there's a hub that, but there's, everybody lives yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, and Atlanta is spread out the same way. And I, the productions are like Mina is out in ball ground, and uh, I, I, if if you had told me ten years ago, like there's gonna be a ma Tom Cruise will be in ball ground, <laughs> I would have thought you're nuts. They made T-shirts for the occasion. I, mean, I have one. <laughs> yeah, no, there they are. Cruise into ball ground T-shirts yeah. available in ball ground, Georgia. There's a yeah. there's a Facebook page of him just. In places, and people were, I saw, were just going nuts about it. Oh, my God. Um, the, the movie in Canton, The Founder. Um, and all the stuff going on in Sonoya and yeah. in Fayetteville. And yeah, just my all, my all hometown is, you know, tiny. Well, my place I grew up is Rockmart, Georgia, and huh, yeah. tiny, right? And they filmed part of The Hunger Games there, yeah. you know, and it's just yeah, like, yeah. what? <laughs> Rockmart? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's... Uh, I don't know. I think that's part of it. It's, it's going to keep spreading out. Uh, I don't know how far, um, but maybe who knows? You know, all the way down to Macon or something. And oh, they're doing stuff in Savannah. Mm -hmm. There's yeah, stuff yeah. going on in Savannah as well. And yeah. there's supposedly there's some Bollywood studio that they're trying to build outside of Savannah. Are you like serious? In, <laughs> this amazing. is well, this is a it's a it's a rumor that I I heard while I was down there. And I, I hope uh, so. yeah, would yeah. that be great? That would be so I would love to go work on a crazy I Bollywood movie. <laughs> What'd you do today? Dance numbers all day long. It was crazy. <laughs> it was so It cute. was in the middle of a fight scene for no reason. They just started dancing. And, and they fell in love and got married. <laughs> um, I've got a, I've got a question. So uh, I have, are there any roles that you've, 
yet to be offered that are like things that you really want to play, dream roles that you you haven't gotten to do yet that you're like kind of chomping at the bit to do? Uh, yeah, I would like to do more period pieces, you know, um, more Edith Wharton, Jane Austen type roles. And I think, really? I think I have a look for that. Um, and I can do British accents, by the way. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I would, I would love to do that. Of course, I've done period pieces, but I'd like to do more. Now, what, what is it about <laughs> period pieces? Is it the dialogue, the wardrobe? What, what is Everything. It? <laughs> it's so all a period. It's just like a, giant tea party <laughs> <laughs> now you have you have a, a tea society like group don't you or something yeah like? a bunch of my friends uh actually I, d- I didn't start it i just joined in um after i moved back from from new york um and it's a group of ladies and we call ourselves the super royalty society for fancy ladies <laughs> and we just get together and have these elaborate teas that have a theme each of them and um I don't know. All these ladies, most of them are photographers, and they all have fantastic taste in wardrobe and locations. And we just go and we have tea. And sometimes we read poetry to each other, and sometimes we do, you know. I mean, they're fairly broad spectrum. There was a there was a beat tea, like <laughs> women of the beat. There, I mean, there was a uh, Victorian era one that we actually had at the cemetery. We had a goth themed one. I mean, just. It's just a lot of fun. Such a great thing about the city. There, there are all these little, little factions, little, little things that are going on all around us. Like, you know, I had no idea that that was that that was a thing until I, I saw something about it on Facebook. But yeah. there's all sorts of little, little uh, cliques and little enclaves of of weird culture and artists <laughs> and all this great stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it was a great idea. It really grew quickly. Uh, Kelly Reardon first had had the first one with just her buddies and. They just took some amazing pictures, and then they invited more people, and they were also photographers and and artistic types. And the pictures were just amazing, so they kept going on social media. And then everybody who saw the pictures was just like, I want to go to a tea. I want to go. And everybody's like, sure, come on. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, did you? I don't know if you saw today's Splatter Cinema mm-hmm. is coming back finally. That's great. I'm, I'm, hopefully, they're going to come on and talk about that soon because I mean, I missed Splatter Cinema. I, I love those guys. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, the next one in July is going to be Cannibal Faroe, which I've seen before, but it's just going to that theater and seeing it with a bunch of crazy people. That's what you were just talking about, right? Yeah. A second ago? What? What happened? Were you talking about that a minute ago already? I don't think so. Oh, never mind. No, this is um, uh, Blake, Blake Myers, yeah. and, oh, and Blake, Lucas, right. those guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah but Splatter, uh, yeah. Um, but they're not going to be at the uh, plaza again. Oh, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. They're okay. they're now going. There's an office park that they're going to be showing it at, and like it's across from the the uh, the Hollywood 24, which my friends and I used to call the 24 Hour Theater. It's an old stupid <laughs> joke. Uh, but anyway, um, on 85, and and it, it just um, made me think. Like I know some people are going to see that and be like, "What an office park!" But how cool is that that you could just go into some random office park in this big building, and all of a sudden there's a bunch of weirdos watching a cannibal movie from the seventies. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah right. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to check. I, it out. I really wish that Silver Scream <laughs> Spook Show would come back. Yeah. I, it bums me out that my my kids aren't going to get to go see Frankenstein on Saturday morning and have you know Shane out there entertaining them. As uh, it, yeah, I, I really wish that would return. Or somebody else would kind of pick up the reins and do something like that again. Well, I mean, he they they probably stopped it for the same reasons uh, Splatter did, but and then Splatter's just 
doing Kickstarter per show. Like, if you guys want to see this movie, raise this much money, and then we'll show it. Yeah, Otherwise, we're it. not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe... Silver Screen could do the that's same thing. A, that's a really Just, cool use of, of crowdfunding. It's uh, to do it by the by the event, you know. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. So I can't wait to talk to them about that. But yeah, but yeah, this, all the little niches around here and um, horror communities obviously huge. And so uh, yeah, uh, so are you, Hannah? Are you ultimately going to go to towards the uh, the big features or do you enjoy working on indies more? Well, I have more experience with indies. Um, I love them because they're, uh, the, it's not too big of a hierarchy. There's not, you know, uh, yeah. like nobody's being like, no, you can't eat from the SAG table. Crappy. You know, <laughs> I like that. I, I like everybody pitching in and it being like one big summer camp. You know, um, but that's not to say that uh, a, a larger budget production could not have that same vibe. It's just that it it really comes down to the leadership on the on the production and how you know, like that the, the director flavors the entire mood of so the true. of the production. And um, I discovered actually on Good Grief um, that so do the lead actors. Like, like people were coming up to me, like other actors, and being like, "So, what do you think? What do you think I did a good job?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Why the fuck do you? Why are you asking me? You know?" But then I was just like, and it happened so much, and and I noticed people like looking to me for like, "Yeah, good job, dude." You know? That, <laughs> yeah. And, um, it, it's important to know that when you're in a a, a leadership position, and um, and to watch yourself and to not be too negative and. You know, not not let yourself get walked on, and you know, yeah, create a good vibe. And also, the producers do the same thing too. Um, it's a weird balancing act, isn't it? To, it to is. like, because you know, you it's very easy to get walked on. It's very easy to turn into a tyrant. It's, it is being yeah. a diplomat on on a movie is, is and tough. still doing your job. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it like really yeah, it's a challenge, <laughs> but um, you get used to it. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And, and, yeah, it makes sense about the hierarchy and stuff too. And um, yeah, it's it's funny until uh, until I went as an extra on a Disney thing that I just realized how structured everything I bet that was. That was no fun. Uh, it was well, okay. Well, here's the first thing that we did. My friend Bobby Pope and I, if he's listening, um, we were extras. We got all dressed up. It was supposed to be at a wedding, so we were wearing tuxedos. And the first thing we did is we accidentally walked over to the crew breakfast oh. and, got, and got these huge plates of bacon and potatoes. <laughs> oh, it was so good. And then later they were like, other people did it. It wasn't just us. I think we were the ringleaders accidentally. Like, they were like, food, and we walked over there and got it. Nobody, nobody stopped us. None of the crew, the crew were like, like looking at us like, eh, I don't think those guys are right, but I'm not going to say anything because I don't know. You know, right. you don't want that could be the producer's side. Right. I'm not going to get you <laughs> that. Like, in a tuxedo. So we got, we got away with it. Um, I felt kind of bad, because, but oh. after, but the next day they served us like these stale bagels, and I was like, I don't feel bad for eating that food yesterday. Because no. yeah. this is Disney, and this is garbage. <laughs> garbage bagels that garbage were from like bagels. a week ago. No, I, I have I have a question about about working in in indies from an actor's perspective, and I, and I don't know you know your your full filmography, but like from your experience on Good Grief, we 
and I think this is true of other indies, we hired trained actors, professional actors, and then we also hired comedians, and we also yeah. hired just people that had kind of an interesting look, and people that I just thought might be funny, and so, so when, you, when you end up on a set where you're working with the mix, is that something that you enjoy and that you can play off of, or is that more challenging to try to act against non-actors, or, or act with non-actors? Actually, I find it a little frustrating. Um, I prefer to work with actors, um, but not, it wasn't, it's not good grief, really. My first experience with working with improv people were in New York, and um, two people who actually are really good actors, but they just found their own voices so freaking interesting <laughs> that we couldn't get through the scene. Oh, God, yeah. And it okay. wasn't terribly cuttable. Um, oh, yeah. You know, they couldn't use a lot of the most funny bits because their continuity was all over the place. There was no continuity, yeah. you know? And it, yes, they, they're brilliant, funny people, but it's like, I want to go home eventually, so let's do this scene. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I find that a little frustrating. Um, uh, yeah, especially when, when it prolongs, you know, the, the process and, and it slows down everything and costs money, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but, that's not to say that improv people cannot be amazing actors and, and behave themselves. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I prefer. Now, I heard that um, I, I worked on uh, the sequel to Anchorman, and something that, that I, Adam McKay and, and Judd Apatow, that I've, I've, I've heard that they do a lot, and I, I saw some of it, was that the reason that so much of those films are close-ups of the actors talking mm -hmm. is because they're running two or three cameras during any take uh, so that they're catching all of this crazy improv and all the crazy reactions from everybody so that they're able to, if Will Ferrell just decides to go off on a wild tear about, you know, exactly. mayonnaise sandwiches, <laughs> they get all that on camera and they can use it. And, and see, they're prepared for it, you <laughs> yeah. know, and that's, that's fantastic because then you can catch gems sure. you know that you didn't anticipate but but then it also but it does limit the film that you end up making because like if you look at like what edgar wright creates where it is very clear that they are on a script he's got a vision they're doing very interesting cuts and transitions and this is someone with a vision of his film right you could never just have some scene where you know everybody's just improv and let's just yeah. see if it works out so yeah. it's kind of a, a give and take that way it is it is, yeah, and I guess it's up to the director to be like, okay, guys, you can you can go crazy with this now, but not on this part because this is an important transition and yeah, yeah. So be prepared for it yeah. with who he's hired. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of felt that was a big problem with Anchorman too. Just there was there was a lot of that, like just holding off moments and stuff, and yeah. kept kept running with jokes. And I mean, I get I get it, I get, and also this Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell's thing is just running something into the ground until you eventually start laughing out of like necessity like okay well, when it works it's great right yeah, when yeah. it's brilliant when it's when it's on but like yeah then it, you just get these huge awkward risk. awful yeah. scenes you're like oh this is just mm. making my skin crawl you know? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah what you're saying Hannah about the about the the needy actors that are just like to hear their own voice i mean i no, I wasn't saying that they were the actors. No, no, the improvers. <laughs> improvers I mean. Or comedians, you know, yeah, comedians yeah. that are on film now. You yeah, know, like. I feel like I feel like that's um, when you said something earlier about uh, well, even even the uh, the actors you're working with, Good Grief, where they they were wanting validation. Um, I mean, a lot of us have that where where we just want to know that we're doing good work, and I mean, it's such a weird industry to work in where. 
it's sometimes hard to know if you are doing good work. As a screenwriter, I can definitely attest to this, where up until we were editing Pepper's Place and I saw it, I was like, is this funny? I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. And even after, after the, I think it was the first table read with, with everybody there, I was talking to Keith, I was like, is this actually funny, you guys? Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, like, how, how do you, you don't know until, mm-hmm. you know. Until you hear the applause. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, that was the, that was my favorite, good grief. Like, that was, yeah. the, until we premiered it, until I actually got to sit with an audience, and I, I waited until, like, the third time I heard everybody laugh. I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, okay. all right, I can relax. I can, like, I was, like, death <laughs> gripping my wife's hand until, like, I broke all her fingers, you know, but it's like, okay, we can just sit back I and I did that the same movie. thing, because you didn't show me good grief until we were already, it was a very public thing, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> what? What did I do? Uh, but I suck. And, uh, yeah, actually, I got my buddy Raymond Carr to come with me. And um, I was just like, as soon as I came on the screen, I just he grabbed his hand. I just, like, <laughs> put it in front of my face. And I'm like, okay, that was, I did a good job, right, Raymond? That was good. <laughs> and he was very, he was very kind. Well, you got laughs. That's, you know, it at was, the end of the day, you got laughs. It was a funny laughs, movie, yes. So. It was a very funny movie. Yes. I was, glad it, I'm, I was glad that it was actually funny and I didn't have to be like, Sam, great. Great film. Thanks for showing it. <laughs> Thanks for putting festival. me through that. I didn't I, uh, have to lie. I could actually say, because I did no, laugh the no. entire time. It was really good. Well, good. <laughs> good. No, my favorite, I mean, my, my favorite you moment in that entire, there are, there are some really great ones, but my favorite one is when uh, the character Taekwon is yelling at, at mm-hmm. Mark, and he's like, this Jim Crow motherfucker. <laughs> and you go, Mark, did you give him a fake name? Like, the way you delivered that line, you're just so incredulous and so wrong. That it's, oh, I love that. That, that was that an bitch. excellent scene. That really was. Yeah. It was, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful movie. Yeah. Yeah, same thing with Pepper's Place, when um, your your big monologue at the end, where you're going, the lesson of the day, and... and it's so long, and I thought if this does not hit, it goes on for like a minute and a half, it's and it's so just going to be silence. It's so absurd. <laughs> and then I was just—that was the one part that I was actually nervous about. Um, and then everybody started laughing. Oh my god! Okay, it that, just goes on. That monologue was one of the most challenging monologues I've ever had to memorize because. <laughs> really? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but not because it's bad writing. I no, just want to clarify supposed, that. No, it's, it's supposed to it's absolutely supposed to be perfectly absurd. But it was kind of hard to like I had to I had to make my own transitions um in my head to remember what came next. Um and, and try to make some sense of it in, in my in some sort of magical land where you know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you want Where to, it makes sense, you yeah. know what I mean? In, yeah, pe- yeah. in Pepperland. Yeah. yeah, we have a lot of those, uh, I guess, devices to help you memorize stuff. Um, no, yeah. I don't actually usually have to use them except for... <laughs> it's just that. <laughs> it's just, just when it's like, what? I don't... That's honestly, that's something that, that just fascinates me about about acting, about actors in general, is that I, I can't... Anytime I've, like, had to, to do anything involved... Like, I've, I've done little bit parts on things for people, and even if it's two lines you know it's like where where are the bagels where's the cream cheese i will i will it will kill me to try to remember to say those two lines correctly uh and so it, it always fascinates me how you know how do you memorize a monologue how do you you know how can you memorize did. all this stuff it just does it just does i and i think it's like a muscle you know yeah, it's a skill set i do not have a lot and you just get better and better at it not gonna lose you <laughs> yeah uh, so what's going on with the uh, the unwanted? It's um, 
Have you heard anything recent about that? Yeah, it? it's it's been picked up um, by Kino. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. and uh, it's going to be, uh, well, Blu-ray and I think Redbox. Don't quote me on that. And nice. I think Netflix. Anyway, he sent me a list of when everything's coming out and where, and I don't, I didn't memorize that. <laughs> but it looks like it looks like it's going to be very accessible for people to see, That's which awesome. is which is great. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you talking about um, on stage afterwards talking about working with um, Great American Hero. Um, what? I was quite tipsy. Oh, you. <laughs> so, but so you was, don't remember talking every, about stage. No, I do. I do. I, just everybody beforehand was like, "Oh, you're the star. Here's a drink." Oh. Like, and then I get up there and I'm like, "He was awesome." <laughs> just like a complete idiot. Oh my god, I loved him. Yeah, he's wonderful. Wonderful actor. Wonderful dude. We we still keep in contact. Like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's really good. It's like you you play his daughter. You're his daughter for life. Oh, yeah, really awesome. sweet guy. Yeah, we. Yeah, we talked about an episode last night. Just uh, you know, being nice gets you so much more. Like, why be, why be a jerk? You know, when you have you you've got this uh, career where you get to play pretend, basically for you pay people you pay you money to goof off. Basically, <clears throat> why would you mess it up by being an asshole? You know. I just don't. I just, I just don't understand. <laughs> I've never understood that mentality. I've, I've never, and I mean, across the board in the film industry, like, yeah, I get it. You're under stress, and you're working hard, and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Stress. But you know, you could be a bartender right now. You could go do a much less stressful job and go do a typical nine to five. Like you're working, doing something crazy and awesome that's fun to talk about with other people, and that like is is rewarding in all these ways. Why on earth? Why be a bastard about it? Why? Why be difficult? <laughs> I don't know, but I have. I've known a lot, well, a few, maybe not a lot, but a few people that are just have absolutely no redeeming qualities whatsoever that are succeeding in in this industry too. You know, just like bullies. Mm, and and I think you know some people that, that are perhaps um, insecure about who to hire, for example, as a director or whatever, they're going to go with the bully because he seems to be, you know. No one bossing everybody around. Yeah. No the one's... most confident. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know, really, they're just a, they're just a dick. <laughs> and I've seen those people succeed, and it's a shame. But I don't think that they have the longevity that the good-natured folks do. Right. Yeah. People, you hope not. Yeah, yeah. and I, I doubt many actors could could get away with with that kind of um, attitude because yeah, you just wouldn't book. I, I I watched a movie that is very much about this conversation uh, in the last week or so. It's a documentary about the making of the island of Dr. Moreau. Do you guys remember that god-awful movie? Okay, so they made a documentary about it, and they were talking about Brando and what just a psychopath that guy was to work with and how the director was, like, so upset when they cast him because they're like, it's Marlon. Why would you do this to me? This is supposed to be my big breakout movie and you're bringing him in here and like and then yeah he showed up he's like i'm not doing nothing i can't do a brand (laughs) (laughs) but he's like he's like yeah i'm just gonna sit in the side and eat doritos and put a bucket on my head and that's uh and literally the dude wears a bucket on his damn head in the movie really but it's all it's uh, 
Oh he 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 made up he made up most of his dialogue, and there's yeah. literally a scene where he puts a bucket on his head and makes him dump ice in the bucket to keep him cool because he weighs a million pounds and he's I out. I didn't the... know he was a diva. Oh, oh man, God. he's a legendary. Diva. He was a legendary diva. But yeah, it's a. Re- I, I think it was called the Doomed Journey of oh. Richard Stanley's <laughs> Island of Doctor Rowe. It's totally worth checking out. It's a really yeah, big I documentary. Check that out. That's amazing. I actually remember finding that movie <clears throat> amusing. Yeah, it, it. I mean, I liked it. I, I was a kid when I saw it, but it was really scary to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I because of seeing that documentary and because I, I they talk about the story that it was based on, and they talk about the script that they started out with. I actually tracked down a copy of the the script online, and if they had made the movie that was in the script. Oh my God, that would be like a horror classic. Uh, but, but yeah, Brando came in. He's like, nope, we're not doing none of that. And he and Val Kilmer hated each other, and Val Kilmer was doing the same thing. And it was just, just a bunch of people, huh? you know, well, maybe each other, somebody, each other to death. maybe somebody will grab that script and and do it. It would be great if an they act, did an actual movie worthy of a remake. Yeah, they screwed oh, it up the first yeah. time. I've always so. said that. Why do they remake great movies? Why not take a shit movie and make it awesome? Really you good know? idea. Yeah, like you know, there's a ton of them out there. I mean, I I love old seventies, eighties, like direct video, like yeah. Ryan House stuff. And Absolutely, there's, there's a lot that need to be redone because they did not do them right the first time. Yeah, they but tried, you, but you see yeah. the potential. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Um, Absolutely. Well, I know you have to run, um, so it's already been like 50 minutes. If you can oh, that. that went by fast. <laughs> yeah, these always do. Um, so I, I know you said you, you had to run, but... Uh, oh, I want to plug something, actually, really quickly. plug whatever. All you actors out there, um, there's this lady called Anna Burns. Um, she does amazing facials. You guys should check her out. She's a genius. Okay, that's all. Nice. <laughs> I just I just started working with her and she's just wonderful. Okay. What about uh, personal? Uh, you've got Twitter accounts or your websites or anything you want to plug yourself? Oh sure, <laughs> plug yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, my website is hannahfearman.com and my art site is hannahfearman.info. And they're a little faster now because I've been working on them. And um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, but I don't tweet very much. And Instagram and Facebook, so holla at me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do. Sam, uh, you wanna... uh, I'm on Facebook, but I can't remember. It's Facebook backslash something. Uh, but by all means, come check out uh, Facebook, uh, the New Puppet <laughs> Order page on yes. Facebook. And check out the New Puppet Order page on YouTube. We very often get questions about where can we see all your weird puppet movies. <laughs> they are all up on YouTube. You can check out every one of them. And definitely check out the uh, the Facebook page to keep up with what's going on with yeah, our, our wonderful new, big, new art. Awesome one, wonderful so. new art. Yeah, I love, I love seeing your drawings. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah that's all. That stuff's all on. Uh, that stuff's all on uh, Instagram. I at, should get uh, you an old, awful picture of me. Oh, you know that's like the weirdest thing. I keep getting people asking me, "Oh, turn me into an uggo," because it's, it's and, and, and I don't want to do it to people that I know because they're so insulting. I keep waiting to get like an email from somebody who's like, "Hey, man." That's my kid. Why would, you, why would you draw my kid like that? Like, my I, kid's beautiful. Fuck my kid is beautiful. He's been through a lot. They're like, oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm taking it down. I'm taking it down right now. I'm so sorry, sir. Um, but yeah, that's this weird thing. I keep getting people asking me to do uggos of them. But, well, uh, but you can see all those on, on Instagram. They're hashtag funny. uggo, and you'll find them from there. Oh, man, they're nice. funny. They're really good. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for coming on. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. Uh, you can find Atlanta Film Chat on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at ACL Film Chat. I'm on Twitter at Fox Inc. F O X I N C. You can find Molly, our missing Molly, at Darth underscore Molly. Go say hello to her and tell her you love her and that she's going to get through all this craziness. We love you, Molly. We love you, Molly. <laughs> and uh, find out all, all our past episodes at Cinema Eight. CinemaATL.com, if I can talk. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.